In today's show, we're going to talk about drafting strategy, in particular, categorical scarcity. Michael Bolton. Let's get to it. To it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Drafts are starting. I started my first real draft yesterday. It's a slow draft. I'm going to update picks on my Twitter Probably on my Discord over as there as well. And if you want to check out the Discord, Ben did a video yesterday, which you can check out how that works. Uh, and the link to that is in the show notes and the description below. Um, so I'm doing my first draft. We did our first mock draft last week. We're going to be having another one to two mock drafts this week. One of those is already filled. It's a Roto League. Um, we're probably, my options are for the other one this week. We're either going to do a 14 team league, uh, a salary cap league slash auction draft or a points league mock draft. They will all come. I just don't know which one we're going to do first uh, this week. So that's what we got up on the slate for Locked On Fantasy Basketball this week. Might be some other goodies thrown in there as well. We'll see exactly what needs to be done. But you guys did enjoy the mock draft the other day when I picked at number nine. But what we're talking about today is drafting strategy and in particular categorical scarcity. Um, I will, I'll talk about that in a sec, but this is a couple of things I want to touch on regarding overall drafting strategy beforehand. And the number one of those things is first round selections. The, I'd say by far the most overwhelming question that I get is who do I pick at pick one? Who do I pick at pick four? Who do I choose at pick six? To me, this is not, I don't know, I don't want to sound like I'm just being an idiot here because I, I probably am, but. I don't want to sound that way, but it doesn't really make that much of a difference in the first round. As long as you do, don't do something stupid, as long as you're not you know, completely overthinking and outthinking yourself, it's not the it's not how you win or lose a league. If you have pick one, you go, oh, I don't really know. Do I t- take Harden? Do I take Davis? Yeah, I'd probably take Harden. But if you take Davis, it's not it's not finishing your league. Now, I think if you make a big reach and take Luca at number one, if you're not in a points league, then I think that's probably making a mistake. But to me, there's a top five. It's Davis, there's Harden, there's Curry, there's Towns, and there's Giannis. That's your top five. The next group is Jokic, Doncic, Trey Young, uh, and there's someone else that I've just completely uh, whiffed on who's in that uh, that top nine. Um, Lillard, that's it. So yeah, Harden, Davis, Towns, Curry, Giannis, there's a top five. Lillard, Jokic, Trey, and Doncic, there's your next four. So there's your top nine. So if whatever pick you are in that in that top five, you just take one of those five players to me. Not in a points league. That's a little bit different. Giannis and, and Luca at one and two in, in no particular order in a points league. If you're picking six to nine, you take, if any of those top five falls, you take one of them. Otherwise, you take Jokic or Lillard or Doncic or Trey. There's your top nine. It does get a little bit hairy between 10 to 12. Are you taking Devin Booker, Jason Tatum? Are you taking um, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Joel Embiid, Bam Adebayo? There's a lot of ups and downs 
in that area when we're looking at um, yeah that, that that ten to twelve range. And I understand that that is a, it is a real problem area. You're going to have two back to backs pretty close in that area, so you're not going to want to take Kyrie paired with Kawhi or Kyrie paired with Joel Embiid or Embiid with Kawhi or or Kawhi with Kevin Durant in that area. You don't want those two injury risks together. So you take a younger guy, a, a, a more a more solid player in terms of games played, a reliable player, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum. I think Paul George is in that mix as well. You take one of those, and then you can take a flyer and a Kyrie, a Kawhi, a Joel Embiid, or a Kevin Durant in that area. I think that's probably the, the way to do it. But the amount of questions that come through, what do I do? Who do I take first overall? And it, it sounds dismissive, but it doesn't matter. It just doesn't make it, unless you're saying I'm going to take Kyrie at number one, which is clearly wrong. If you're going to take, I'll take Damian Lillard at one. Like it's just, it's at this point, it's the wrong choice. And even when we talk about this, it's not necessarily about outcomes. If Damian Lillard ends of the season as the number one pick, then if you took him at one, that doesn't mean that it was the right choice because a lot of luck and other factors go into that. It's about trying to get the value and make the the common sense prediction at, at that point of the season. But in all that to say, like in, you pick in that top nine, like there isn't really a wrong choice to make. That's not the, the big deal. The next question is: is people really obsess about it? And a lot of people have success with this, and that they focus on it intently. I don't personally, but it's pairings, first and second round pairings. If I take Anthony Davis, who do I get at pick twenty three on the way back? Well, for a start, it's really impossible to say uh, you know, before a draft happens because you don't know who's going to be available. Is Kyrie going to be there? He, he very easily could be. Has Kawhi fallen all the way down to 23? Do you get someone like Jason Tatum that's dropped all the way down there? It's really hard to tell. But again, these first two picks, unless you're making an egregious reach for someone, unless you're saying, well, at pick number 20, I'm going to take D'Angelo Russell and I'm going to say, what are you doing? Look, you, you can't, it's hard to make a mistake there. And in terms of pairings, these ideal pairing combinations, I just don't see it as being the way that you win things and the way you win your league. Now, there's a way to lose your league in doing this. You take James Harden, and then in the end of round two, you take Andre Drummond. I think that's a league-losing sort of a move just because you are losing that massive value of Harden's free throws. It's just a, a poor pairing. You could throw Ben Simmons in there instead of Andre Drummond as well. Like it's not a good pairing to add those two together. But if you get Harden and Suze, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Fred Van Vliet, Zach Levine, Chris Paul, Yusuf Nurkic, Paul George, uh, Jimmy Butler, Brad Beal, I think I've said these names multiple times, Russell Westbrook, you add those guys together at the second round, it, it's not like one is better than the other necessarily. And that's sort of what we're going to get into in this show is talking about categorical scarcity and not like focusing necessarily on this player pairs with this player. It's not, it's not to me, the best way to build a fantasy team. You do have to build around, guys, but you're more looking at the numbers and those first two picks. It's more important in picks three, five, pick eight, that sort of area to get the right guys around. At the start, I'm not saying it's just take best player available. It is to a degree. But you do have those those caveats of like, don't take the damaging free throw guy with the awesome free throw guy. Yeah, Devin Booker's free throws are actually probably projected to be better than James Harden. So yeah, don't take him with Yanni Atadokumpo. Like, what's the point of what you're doing there? But that's really the ma- only major issue to avoid is those those poor free throw guys 
the second rounders, your Simmons and, and your Drummonds, those sort of players, maybe even looking at um, Rudy Gobert at the end of round two, perhaps. Maybe you look at him. Or if you've taken Giannis in round one, don't pair them with the excellent free throw guys like Harden and Curry and Lillard and Booker and Trey. Like they are the guys that you just don't want to put together. So it's more to me when you look at first and second round pairings, who don't I want to pair? That's probably more of the, of the key point to me versus like, what's the pairing here? What's the best pairing? To me, I don't think that is anywhere near as important as what you do in the other rounds and how you prioritize getting your numbers. I think that is more important to building a successful fantasy team. If you want to build a successful fantasy team though, Built Bar, it's going to help you for sure because Built Bar helps you feel good by getting a delicious treat that's also good for you. You're working out, you're getting those endorphins pumping, you're getting the blood flowing, the muscles are bulging, your brain switched on, but you need that protein supplement. Built Bar is that, and it's the best tasting protein bar that you can find. Six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp to go along with the 12 OG flavors, which includes orange, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. These bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew. They are great if you're looking to lose or maintain weight because they are low calorie, but they're also high protein, low sugar, and high fiber. The Coconut Almond Bar has 18 grams of protein with 180 calories and only 5 grams of sugar and 5 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. The promo code is LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right. So that's you know, a bit of an intro to what I'm talking about here with categorical scarcity. So what do I mean with categorical scarcity? I mean like the way that your standard eight categories, I'm not going to talk about turnovers because they're a negative category, obviously, and the best way to get no turnovers is to not even have a player in that active slot. So we're not going to talk about how they drop off because they obviously, as the draft goes on, the guys have lower turnovers because they're worse players. That's how turnovers work. Anyway, eight categories, points, threes, rebounds, assists, Steals, blocks, field goal percentage, free throw percentage. If your league has multiple categories, if you have double-doubles, you shouldn't. If you have free throws made, you shouldn't. If you have offensive rebounds, three-point percentage, tech fouls, whatever it is, I'm not going to go through all the scarcities with those sort of things because I have to do you know, multiple combinations of your know, 9-cats and 10-cats and 11-cats because it all does vary as to how it all fits relatively in with each other. But you can check this all out on Basketball Monster. Get your settings set up. Go into the draft track, and you can have a look how all this stuff looks. But... What we're doing here is just the standard eight categories and when is the, the right time to, to draft them and how that stuff goes off the board. Now, the way that I did this, I'm looking at sort of Yahoo ADP. So it's a little bit wonky, but I think it's in general, it's a, a pretty strong way to look at it and work out when you need to attack certain categories and when you are good with them. So what I'm doing is looking at the end of each round here, what are the hardest categories to get? And after round one is off the board, and this is going to be the case throughout every single round, let me tell you now, points. If you don't get high-scoring players early, it's really hard to, to recover. So if you are drafting in the first round and you take Nikola Jokic, for example, or even if you take uh, even an Anthony Davis, who's still a really good scorer, but compared to uh, you know, Luka Doncic, compared to Yanni, compared to Trey Young, compared to James Harden, compared to Steph Curry, compared to Lillard, he's not in that same category. And it is, uh, and, and especially... Jokic in particular, even though he's a 20-point-per-game scorer, everyone else is getting 26, 28, 29, 30-point-per-game scorers. And if you don't get points early, you're in real trouble. Nearly all of the high-scoring points guys are in that first round. They are, or in that first, or in that first two rounds. If you don't get a high scorer, it's really tough. Like to find a player who is a, a really high-level scorer 
uh, outside of that area, outside, you know, except for Zion Williamson, who's, you know, even then his ADP is like a 24. Donovan Mitchell is a pretty high scorer that you can find later on. And by later on, I mean round three. De'Aaron Fox is a guy like that. Um, Colin Sexton, probably one of the best late round scorers. And that's why I am putting him with a little bit more value in fantasy drafts because you just can't get scoring anywhere else. you Ja Morant in those mid-rounds. Jalen Brown in those mid-rounds. Um, to take a flyer on Blake Griffin, Toby Harris in the mid-rounds, like those sort of guys, Kobe White in those mid to mid to late-ish sort of rounds as well. It is hard to get scoring. So that is the number one category that's off the board straight away. And the second category that is declining or that is hard to get is assists up to round one. And you can get assists in these first couple of rounds and the scarcity of assists is going to increase. But when you've got Luca and Trey and Harden, uh, Jokic, Lillard, all these guys coming off the board in round one, and then you, know, you, you do have some assist guys left, but that, that is where it's becoming a problem. So they are your two categories that if you don't get them early, you are screwed. You are just not going to be able to do it. You are not, aren't going to be able to compete. And that's why a punt assist build, as you saw in that mock draft at the other day, has some value. Because if everyone's reaching for assists and you don't get it and you just divert your resources other way, you can other places, you can really build up value. And same goes for a punt points build. Interestingly, after round one, you'll notice that threes are the most um, or the third most scarce category. That's because you're losing Harden off the board, Curry off the board, Lillard off the board, um, some Trey Young, some really big volume three-point guys. But the thing is, in the mid-rounds, no one shoots threes. In rounds three through seven, no one shoots them. So you're going to see three-pointers become available late. But a big chunk goes off the board early, and then other categories start to come in. Even round two, there's a whole bunch of guys who don't shoot any threes. So while that is interesting, you might make you feel like you need to reach for threes, they do become available later. The other you know, free throw percentage is off the is fourth most scarce category, and then rebound. So that's that's round one. That's how round one looks in terms of scarcity. And remember, points and assists, they're going to be at the top in every single round. After round two, it's the same. It's points and assists, but you'll notice that free throw percentage is the one that now becomes the third most uh, hard-to-get category. And that's because, well, there can be good free-throw shooters, but players who have high usage and therefore high free-throw rates tend to come off the board because you're losing guys like Devin Booker in this round. You're losing perhaps a Kevin Durant, a Paul George, uh, a Jimmy Butler. These high-volume, good free-throw shooters uh, are coming off the board, making it hard. And you can have a guy that's an 84% free throw shooter, maybe it's like Malcolm Brogdon who's like 89 but takes three attempts, it just doesn't influence your category as much as someone who takes uh, six attempts per game. And that's why having the high volume good free throw shooter is way more important than having the low volume good free throw shooter. It's significant, especially if you're trying to deal with a few bad guys, you need that high volume to offset it. You'll see that threes drop down there to number four and rebounds sit at number five. Rebounds is an interesting category. Um, It's sort of just constantly hovering around here. You'll notice that rebounds do cause some problems in terms of um, where where their availability is. Um, Even more so, look, you'll notice that steals and blocks and and field goal percentage haven't appeared here yet. Um, because they are the, the categories, especially steals, and even blocks to an extent, you can get those later on. But rebounds, an interesting one to see there at number five. 
After round three, you'd be surprised. Points and assists, they're the top two. It's going to be that way again. But rebounds, as I mentioned, rebounds are coming off the board because in round three, we've got guys like Drummond coming off the board. DeAndre Ayton, Rudy Gobert, Bam Adebayo's already gone. Yusuf Nurkic, John Collins, perhaps. LaMarcus Aldridge, Nikola Vucevic. Uh, all these guys coming off the board. And then in the next couple of rounds, you're going to have players like Michael Porter, who's a good rebounder. Jonas Valanciunas, DeMontis Sabonis. These guys are going to start coming off the board. So... Rebounds are becoming a lot more important to make sure that you're grabbing after th uh, round three. Field goal percentage is up here now as well because we lost those centers and you'll notice that free throws um, aren't in the scarce list after round three. Neither are three-pointers because now with all these big men going off the board, threes are becoming abundant later in the draft and steals starting to come up here as well. So after round three, it's points, assists, rebounds, field goal percentage and steals. After round four, points and assists, of course, but then steals. Steals after four rounds is becoming a harder category to get. And that's because you are losing. Your know, Darren Fox comes off the board. Marcus Smart could be, you know, he's probably not in this area, but maybe he's gone in this area. Chris Middleton's a decent steals guy. Don Mitchell gets some steals. You know, Andre Drummond we talked about already. Um, there are some guys coming off the board here and rebounds still remaining a little bit harder to get with some of those guys that I mentioned already. Threes coming in there is the fifth most scarce category. After round five, it's points, assists, steals, rebounds, threes. Steals becoming more important to get. They weren't in the first couple of rounds. You don't really need to focus on them as much, but it is becoming an issue here in these mid rounds and rebounds. And you're getting a real pattern here. And you're noticing that blocks aren't appearing. The percentages have disappeared. You can seem to have get some sort of influence on them later on in the draft and blocks in particular. So that's why if you are picking like a Rudy Gobert to get those high block numbers or even Anthony Davis at the top because you want the blocks, you can actually get some of those numbers later on because you'll find in the mid rounds players like Hassan Whiteside being available. You'll find Brooke Lopez, you'll find Wendell Carter Jr. You'll find uh, Thomas Bryant, um, Clint Capella in, in these uh, mid-rounds. Nerlens Noel, who, to be honest, it looks like he might actually get a start over Mitchie Robinson, but Mitchie Robinson might be available as well. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. So there are blocks that can be gotten later on, and you've noticed that the blocks aren't considered a scarce category really at all at this point in the, uh, in the draft. After round six, points and assists are the most scarce category. If this isn't burnt into your brain, this is forget who do I pick in the first round, forget, and okay, let, let me say that as a hyperbolic, forget who you pick in the first round, forget your first and second round pairing. Points and assists is where you need to focus, but that also ties in. If you are on the fence between who do I take, do I take a big man or a, or a guard? Do I take a high scorer or a, a low scorer who gets steals or whatever it is? Now, that can be hard to work out. But to me, this really boosts. Now, there is concern in Atlanta with how things are going to happen with the usage of Danilo Gallinari and Bogdan Bogdanovic affecting Trey Young. But the fact that points and assists are almost impossible to get surely gives you that value in, in Trey Young there at pick nine, maybe pick eight. It helps the value of Damian Lillard. Does he push up to be uh, a clear number six? Uh, it helps the value of Luka Doncic as well. Uh, and to me, it as I say, it sort of helps and hurts Nikola Jokic because his points are so low, but his assists are so high. So there are some, some ups and downs there. Now, I did a draft, and uh, I'm in the middle of a draft, and at pick five, I had Kyle Anthony Towns, and I had the ability to take Towns. I had the ability to take Curry. I had the ability to take um, Doncic at that spot, um, but I ended up going with Towns. Um, 
in hindsight, maybe I shouldn't have. It was, uh, it's again, it's, it's not really the be all and end all what you do in that first round, but just remember that points and assists coming off the board early is going to give a boost to a lot of these guys. And even when you get to you know, a Devin Booker versus a Jason Tatum, is Booker, if Booker doubles his assist numbers or you know comes close to it, that probably gives him an edge there, even if their overall value is very similar. So after round six, we've got points, assists, rebounds, steals, and field goal percentage. After round seven, it's the same. Points, assists, rebounds, steals, field goal percentage. So pretty constant theme here. You can get your free throws a bit later. You can get your blocks a bit later. So finding some players who help in these categories, uh, after round seven, when you're looking at round eight type area, we want some rebounds because some of these guys are coming off the board. Um, there are some point guards available in this area. Markel Fultz, Mike Conley. That's why I wanted to reach up or get these guys in the mock I did the other day. Killian Hayes, who really positive reports coming out of Detroit. You know that I had him as my second best player in this entire draft class, and I've been banging on about him. He is starting in Detroit, according to Dwayne Casey, as of now. I'm super in on Killian Hayes, especially, again, getting assists is really, really hard to do, and that's what he's going to provide as a late-round pick. I'm not saying you pick him in round eight, but I'm also not saying not to pick him in round eight. He's not that far off from being a round eight player. Uh, after round eight, it's the same points and assists at the top, steals, rebounds, and blocks. So now you're starting to see, because Hassan Whiteside's coming off the board, you're starting, Clinker Palace off the board, you're starting to see blocks become more of an important category to get with those steals and rebounds. And the two percentages and threes, and you notice after round one, threes basically disappeared from this list because we can come in later. And we can just grab Davis Bertans. We can grab Terrence Ross. We can grab uh, Dunk Robinson, Joe Harris. We can get, um, who else is there? You know, we can stream Tim Hardaway. We can get threes at any point at the end. But the five counting stats is what's becoming the most important here. After round nine, it's the same. Points and assists again. Rebounds, steals, blocks. When I started this process, I wasn't expecting rebounds to be as hard to get as what they are, but they are. So you do have to, and that happened to me in the mock the other day is I just couldn't get my rebounds. My blocks were competitive. My field goal percentage was okay, but I could not get my rebounds to a strong enough level. And that's really playing out. So you've got to look at even like the importance of guards who are rebounding as well. Russell Westbrook, for example, that value is going to be important. Michael Porter in those mid-rounds gets you points, but that really big rebounding number is super important. That's why I grabbed LaMarcus Aldridge where I did because I just needed to get some. Now, in the end, it didn't work because my rebounds were so low anyway, but I wanted to get some rebounds onto my team. So it is an important category to focus on. After round 10, we've got points, assists. Interestingly, threes jump all the way up here. Rebounds and steals. That's after 10 rounds. So threes becoming a little bit harder to get. That's because we're looking at guys like Tyler Hero. Let's, uh, let's hit it. You got like guys like Larry Markinen coming off the board in this area, Otto Porter as well. So some threes losing out there, rebounds and steals. Of course, still no mention of percentages in this area. And then the last one I will look at is round 11, because towards the end of the draft, round 12, 13, we're talking flyers, we're talking yeah, upside plays, we're talking stream type plays. After round 11, points, assists, it's literally the same every single round, right? Then threes, rebounds, steals. So you notice that change that threes is fine. And then in round 10, 11, they start to come off the board. That's the right area to attack them. Points and assists, you've got to attack them in the first couple. Rebounds, similarly. Um, blocks, you can get later. Uh, field goal percentage and free throws. You, you can inf- Look, the big guys go early, but you can get some guys to influence that category. You want Brandon Clark to help your free throws or field goals. 
Daniel Tice, Rashawn Holmes, like those guys are all going to help your field goals later in the draft. You look at the Italian cock, Danilo Gallinari. Hands off my cock! You want a good free throw guy? He can be that guy for you. Lou Williams is always an option there to help your free throw percentage out. Boyan Bogdanovic is an option there in those later rounds to help out your free throws. Chris Boucher, the wiki, he can help you in your field goal percentage uh, as well or and, and, and blocks later as well. So I think this is really important just to be able to understand the flow of a draft, the way that these things go. And I cannot stress enough, unless you are punting points and assists or one of those two, if you don't get them early, you are punting them. You have no choice. It's just really hard. And then you're going to, there is this little group around the 70s to 80s where Fultz and Hayes and LaMelo and Conley and maybe Lonzo slides down or Eric Bledsoe. There is this little group of point guards, five to six point guards in that area. And then later on, there's a guy like Alfred Payton than you could get. But after that, it's real rough. Your steals, lesser priority. Threes, lesser priority. Percentages, you can influence them a little bit later. Obviously, with deficiencies in some of these players. Uh, blocks you can get later. Nerlens Noel is going to be an interesting guy to grab in, in later rounds, I think, as well. Field goal percentage, Steven Adams is going to help you there, but you do have to balance it with the ways that they hurt you in other areas. So to me, it is really important. And to this sort of thing is more important than you're really focusing so carefully on your pairing in that first and second round. Now, it does sort of go hand in hand, but to me, it's more about, well, this player fits perfectly with this guy versus this player that I'm picking here makes more sense given what I know is going to happen in the rounds after it and how I'm just not going to be able to find these numbers. And if you don't find those numbers early, if you don't get your points and assists, you start floundering and you start going, and especially if you're someone who's really against punting, and you start going, shit, I need assists. And then at pick 50, you go, well, I just need assists. I'm taking Markel Fultz. And that is where you lose a draft, is by chasing something that you might need there, but then that's losing so much value on it that it's you're hurting in other areas. Um, so understanding when to give up a category, to say, forget it, I'm not competing in it because I know that I'm not going to be able to get it later on versus trying to chase it and making those moves. And it's, it's a similar thing to me. And I know I'm diverting here, but like if you do draft Yanni and then say, well, it's all right, I'll just grab the next, I'll just grab the next two high volume guys to offset my free throws. But what that means is you're really, you're so focused on getting free throws that you might forget other things. Who's the best free throw guy out here in round two and round three? And then you've missed out on getting assist guys. Now, often those things go together, but they don't necessarily go together. And it's the same thing if you're trying to offset field goals or like, geez, I didn't get my assists here. So therefore in round four, five, six, I've got to take point guards, even though none of them are likely top 80 players because I have to get my assists because there's just none left. And that's where that puts you in a little bit of a bind to me. So understanding the flow of a draft, understanding the way that categories come off and where runs happen and how that stuff happens, I think is way more important than who do I pick at number two versus you know, who do I grab in that, um, who do I, who's my pairing in that first or second round? Because I, you can look at these pairings and you can really say, well, whoever I take here, whether it is um, Damian Lillard. Yeah, there's seven, eight guys in round two that, that are fine to grab. It's not, to me, it's not as important to, to pay attention to that one-two pairing versus how the player looks. And it's like people criticized me in my mock draft the other day because I took Trey Young at number nine. Then in round two, I took Kyrie Irving. <sighs> we had a terrible pick. Kyrie, two guards, where are your big men? Well, I just, I needed the assists. I, I needed to make sure I got the assists and scoring. And yes, Kyrie's going to have some injury problems, but I got him at like 18 or whatever, 17, I can't remember, something like that. Uh, I, I got him later. Uh, then his projected per game value is, 
And I just needed those assists. So to me, that was more important than grabbing someone who wasn't going to help me necessarily in those areas. And then I you know, can get my bigs in three, around three, four, five, six, or whatever, it's sprinkled in with some assists. But if I'm going to compete in points and assists, and I had Trey Young, so I, that was my strength, I needed to make sure I was doing that. And whether that was by getting Kyrie or you know, maybe looking at Russell Westbrook or Brad Beal or Devin Booker in that range, that's, or even to reach up for Shea Gildas-Alexander, like these are the sort of moves that I, that I think become more important rather than like here is a pair that you have to make. It's like here is the type of player that you need depending on what you're looking at with your squad. I reckon that'll do it for me. I hope you got something out of this. I hope this all makes sense to you. You can check it over on Basketball Monster with the draft tracker and you can see after every pick, Every time you refresh, the scarcity bar will change and you'll see how the stats are starting to come off the board. And But having an idea before you're heading to a draft of where things go and where things usually disappear is more helpful because you might see things start to go and you go, oh shit, threes are really coming off the board here in the first round. I need to start grabbing three-point specialists. But if you haven't understand that, well, no, then they become way more accessible in round nine, 10, 11, and I can help myself out there rather than reaching for three-point heavy guys early on at the expense of those other categories like points and assists. Subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.